0: Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keck podcast episode... episode 524 or 527, excuse me. Mitch and Charlie here with you. I was just so excited about the Milwaukee Bucks that I forgot the episode number. I had it in there. I am watching Bill's uh, Buccaneers. It's 2410. So maybe that's why. Uh, happy Friday to all. Happy uh, Bucks victory Friday to to us all. We'll talk opening day over reactions. We'll talk about the Packer youth movement. Talk about Craig Council and taking interviews. And if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about the Badgers potentially pulling off the stunner. But a lot on the Milwaukee Bucks who came victorious tonight uh, as we taped Thursday night into Friday with a 118-117 victory over the Philadelphia 76ers my main man mitch ross how you doing what's going on i'm
1: good glad you added those those uh three episodes onto the uh exact total in honor of damian lillard you bet and his uh <laughs> and his uh his performance in the in the debut i mean uh pretty much as advertised with dame uh you know yeah, I man. mean he's uh you know jumping right into it i guess he's uh you know, I don't even know. all the free throws. No, I mean, it, it's 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 great to have a lead ball handler that can actually fucking dribble. Um, you know, we are the Bucks have won a lot of games over the last five years, including a championship. We're two years in change removed from that, and they've never had a ball handler. So yeah, uh, let's it's really I mean, it's really nice to see.
0: I mean, I love that you're just going in. You know, raw dogging no loop, just right into it. No, like, Hey, how are you? You're like ready to talk business right off the gate. That's why we love you. And I, I mean, the first question I have is do the bucks win this game last year? I don't, I don't think they do. Like yeah. I, not to answer my own question, but like, I, I don't think they win this football game or basketball game. Excuse me. Like, it's like, they do not, they, they struggled in these like tight games last year and, you were very wise to call that out early on in the season. And you're like, Hey, this might be an issue. And I feel like they would have crumbled had they, had they had the older regime in there. Yeah. I mean, it's,
1: there's, there's a couple ways to look at that. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have had Dame obviously, which right. turned out to be pretty much the difference and really throughout. I mean, with, with Giannis's performance, we'll get there. I mean, but being able to, to carry it certainly down the stretch. Obviously, the the big three, a step back three, you know, um, again perfect from the line, and able to just kind of tack on those points. And obviously, they needed every single one of them. With the Sixers, legitimately not missing uh, in the second half, and it it did kind of look like the Bucks were going to run run away with it. I mean, it's a long game, but the second quarter was orgasmic um, for. For stretches, I mean, a large yeah. chunk of that quarter, um, where you know Dame really got going in the first half and that second quarter, especially he had 17 in this in the second quarter, and it, it was looking good. And um, you know, but they let Philly hang around, and it's hard to say like would they have been a little better defensively under under let's say Coach Bud and Drew mm-hmm. Holiday
0: in there as well, right? Um, yeah. Probably. Yeah, but I don't think Kelly Oubre is having 27 points tonight.
1: Well, that's hard to say because they've given up a, a lot of role players having Kel- career nights. By the way, Kel-
0: Kelly, does Kelly Oubre always kill the Bucks. Like I feel like Kelly Oubre always plays well against the Bucks.
1: Well, he was on Charlotte last year, and I know Charlotte had that had that crazy game against the Bucks oh, yeah. in Milwaukee last year oh, yeah. where they blew us off the floor because they right couldn't that miss, was so.
0: yeah that was like you turned off your you were like all right we're gonna we're just gonna watch a movie or we're just gonna catch up on TV tonight it was like a Friday yeah. night. Like, and that yeah, could be
1: is... and that could be just the fact that the wing defense is, is probably a weakness and mm-hmm. and they'll have something to have to address down the line at some point. Um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, certainly with I mean, there's no way Drew Holiday goes seventeen of seventeen from the no. three line, first no, and foremost.
0: I mean, I mean, when when is the last time Drew Holiday and I can look it up as we talk, but like Drew Holiday did not get to the free throw line. Like that was kind of an underrated thing about Drew Holiday is as good as he was, as how the national media has painted him out to be this just all time guy. He just never really got to the free throw line. That's just not who Drew Holiday was. Like that's not part of his MO. Like if I look, if I look through Drew Holiday's game logs from last year, I can see a six he, he was 8 of 10 against Indiana. I think that game Giannis didn't. Nah, he might have played in that game. But, like, 8 of 10 for the line from Drew Holiday. That's the best I can give you. That Drew Holiday, at m- most, was 8 of 10. And he missed two of them, remember. And Dame made all 17 free throws. 17 points came from Damian Lillard on the free throw line. And when you have, it, it you know, the Bucks struggle from the free throw line besides Dame when you have one guy making 17, it kind of mitigates that. Like it kind of, you You just, you don't, I'm not saying you don't worry about it because I didn't like how the Bucks were bad from the line besides Dame. But I also am not going to like freak out about it because it's game one, right? And yeah. it's going to take some time. And Giannis is going to have games where he's seven to nine from the line. He's got games where he's three of eight or whatever he was today. Like it's just going to happen. But yeah, we, we did not get that from Drew Holiday and that that was very refreshing.
1: Yeah. I, I would say defensively overall, I, the, I don't know if you really felt the, the, the impact of drew not being there as much as you, you would have thought. Um, I thought Beasley was okay as kind of the point of attack, to perimeter defender. And it seems like Griffin is, um, content, I guess, hiding Lillard in the corner, kind of like the Warriors mm-hmm. do with Curry, right. Where it's, it's, uh, you know, he needs to save energy in the offensive end. So we'll just kind of, we'll just kind of put him on that, on that stationary guy in the corner, the PJ Tuckers or whatever of the world that aren't really, you know, much of an offensive threat. They're going to hide him on that. And that's, that seems to be what the plan is for right now, uh, defensively. But, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it's good, good to get the win out of the way. The first one, obviously, huge debut. And, you know, I really, you know, it's probably gonna be doing this all year with the Drew and Dame comparisons going back and forth. Right. Um, If you watch Drew on Wednesday night, you know, didn't have the greatest offensive game. Uh, So, but he doesn't really have to be for Boston. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. But yeah, Bucks probably do not win this game without Dame Lillard, and it's 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 great to see.
0: Right. Exactly. And and I think that's the. That's the sort of kind of aha, the takeaway from this game is just this idea of like, all right, it's 113-111, and it's down to the wire. It's nut crunch time, and Dame Lillard just clears out and hits a step back three, and there's no help. I would have liked to see on that second one when Dame kind of just lobbed a Hail Mary and didn't go anywhere, I would have liked to see like either Brook or Giannis you know, running a pick and roll action just to like throw them off. Cause they are like, all right, we're prepared for the step back. We're going to blitz somebody. And, and they, you know, they did. And that, that'll get worked on. That'll get figured out. But yeah, this does not result in a box victory. We're licking our wounds wondering like, all right, same old Bucs. Like that would have been the conversation. We're like, what's different from April to now? Like it would have been the same fucking shit and it's not. And that's great. And I, I mean, I think that the way Damian Lillard impacts the game is just fantastic and we're going to continue to you know see the bucks get more comfortable and you know Giannis did not have the best night um 23 points but it was 10 of 22 shooting uh he had 13 rebounds as well and I just think this is an adjustment for the Kumbo and it's going to be for at least a month if not more um and I think we just as fans, it's going to be hard, but we're going to have to, we're going to kind of have to embrace it. And we can't just, can't just immediately like flip our lid because Giannis is forcing threes and making bad, like there were a lot of bad Giannis moments in this game, but I just, I don't know. I like, am I, am I being too like Rogers fanboy with Giannis and being like, yeah, just give it time. Or do you think that's fair of me to like, kind of, be a little more on the side on to the kumbo and, and patience than just well, jumping down his throat. I don't think anybody's anybody hates Giannis. So no, 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 um, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, I saw a couple people who are like, Oh, Giannis can't force that. Giannis can't do this. Like, oh, he yeah, he can't, he can't Charlie. He can't. He, he so, can't. You, so, you're, so you're saying game one, like that no, habits, I, habits aren't going to exist. Like here's my, my point is, is like that there are, there are bad habits. Like Kevin O'Connor had a, yes. a thing about like, Hey, you have Dame on your team now. It's like, it's going to take Giannis at least a few games. I'm not saying like, wait till Christmas. I'm saying like three weeks, four weeks. And then they just start getting comfortable with each other. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's right. I don't need to force three pointers. I don't need to force jump shots because I have a guy in Damian Lillard that, can, that is instant offense. And that can make these shots better than I can yeah i mean that's
1: I, I think starting with the threes he doesn't need to be doing that anymore um i'm okay with like one just to see like one yeah. each half maybe just yeah, to dude. see and but when you know philly is going on a run those are the killers and he he's done that you know throughout his career basically right he forced where it, it seems to be it, it's a team gets a couple buckets in a row and Giannis wants to go down and, and, and try to answer with a three. And that's, it's not his game. And um, that's the stuff that I feel like he can control that, that he can avoid now. Yes. I will grant you that some of the stuff of him um, fumbling the ball, I think that's going to take some time with just a different system and a different, certainly a much different feel where he's not necessarily Um, the lead ball handler all the time and he's going to be getting the ball you know setting a screen for Lillard and getting the ball in like a short roll and it's going to be in the Draymond Green kind of role I think I don't know if Eric Name had a had a comparison or a piece about that how that's going to kind of be where he's where his role is going to kind of shift to being more of a playmaker out of Mm -hmm. out of that and that's going to take time obviously that's not something that he has ever really done. So right. I am more than, you know, going to be hopefully more than patient with, with that type of, uh, of a scenario because, you know, look, he's going to have to, it that's going to be different. I mean, it just is, he's the last five years, the team has, it's been five out with, with, uh, with him as the lead ball handler and mm-hmm. he kind of drives and kicks and that's where he's obviously fantastic. Um, but so yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be where the adjustment is and that's where I'm willing to be. But some of the stuff, you know, forcing it. And, and it, it was at times like those last couple of games against Miami in the series where, or in the, in the playoffs last year, where he was kind of forcing things. And when he wasn't taking a bad perimeter shot, he was kind of just barreling in and, and, and forcing a a close shot and it wasn't going in and it wasn't worth. Embiid had that, had that block that obviously, blew up on the uh, on the Twitter and oh you know, yeah you can to see but it was you know a nice play but also part of it was Giannis going right at him and, and kinda asking for it. So um, you know yeah. Yeah, so it, it, there's gonna have to be some some patience with with kind of this role adjustment. But you know, they got the win and it, it wasn't really looking great there at the beginning or earlier in the fourth quarter, but you know, they were able to settle down enough and um found a way to do it.
0: Oh right, and I uh, the last thing to add about Giannis was just the fact that like he also wanted he got Embiid halfway through that third quarter, Embiid's starting to cook, Embiid's starting to go off. That's another like difference from last year to this year, where it's like I think Buno's would have been like, all right, we'll just stick to Embiid, cooking and Brook Lopez. We won't make adjustments. That's not what we do, mm-hmm. and yeah. Giannis goes on him. I get that Giannis gets the foul, foul, and I know, like, I think it was Frank Matter was like, "Well, he can't act like Thanasis out there." And I'm like, "Dude, like, here's the thing, like, again, like, this, this all goes back to this takes time. This is new territory. This is not like we're this is brand new shit." And I just, I think that we just expect all these players to be superhuman and do exactly what we want them to do. Because we we control it on 2K or we understand, you know, in our minds what, what's supposed to happen. It's like, this is not just an immediate fucking like, we'll clap our fingers and it's done. Like, yeah, they're going to work with Giannis. They're going to talk to Giannis. Crunty, Mutombo, uh, Griffin are going to all be like, hey, we'll let you get the guy. We'll let you take a Jimmy Butler. We'll let you take a uh, Joel Embiid. But you gotta play within yourself. We can't have you following. You have to play controlled. You have to play disciplined. And if you can't do that, then we can't get you on those guys because you get into too much follow trouble. And that's 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 coaching. And I hope Griffin does that. I don't know. Will he do that? We'll see. I mean, they have Miami on they have Miami on Monday, and that'll be the next kind of instance of it, you know, barring everybody plays. I mean, people are already missing games. It's week it's game two and you don't have Booker and Beale in, in Phoenix. And so, you know, I don't know, but we'll hopefully everybody's playing and we'll get to see that and we'll get to see what they do with Butler and onto Kumba. Yeah. I mean, that. so yeah, Giannis going on to Embiid was something that
1: I'm not sure you see under coach bud. And yeah. In the first half, you had Marjan go in and slow down Maxi, oh, yeah. which were talk
0: about Marjon, which too, for
1: sure. Which I, I don't know if, if that happens under Bud. And also, I think you had a little bit of a zone there late in the game mm-hmm. from, from Dr. Griffin, which yeah. uh, I don't think you see under Bud. So I mean those are those are just a couple of observations uh defensively that I think um you saw different from from the previous coaching staff. And then offensively, you know, you had the they ran like the the double high screen, which I don't know if we ever got that once under coach, a single high screen under coach Bud. (laughs) So to see them repeatedly run, you know, the the double high screen with the two bigs is, is, I mean, really a breath of fresh air because then it gives Lillard an opportunity to get, to get going downhill. And again, he's a, he's a great ball handler, which we have not had. And man, he, you know, he's, Game is like, I guess, like quicker than I thought, you know, or like mm-hmm. he's he like he he can he can still get to the rack. Oh pretty, yeah, pretty well, and he, and he is you know, not only is he a, a fabulous three point shooter, but he's also a good finisher around the rim. I mean, it's it's Kyrie's probably the best, I think. For and Steph Curry's pretty damn good at this point too, but outside of those guys, I mean, he's I think he's actually right in the conversation with those guys in terms of finishing amongst the trees and well
0: there is so much made about his age and they're like oh dame's so old dame's this dame's that and it's like dude like i don't know he's younger than (laughs) drew holiday for christ's sake well yeah and you you watch him and you're like nah this guy's fine like this is maybe the wear and tear of the season yeah it might look different in january but to your point he's the same age as drew holiday and so that's yeah it's it's all fugazi uh I, I did want to, I, I do want to talk, let's talk about Marjan. I do want to talk about Middleton before we, we move on, but Marjan. I mean, when we did the preview pod two weeks ago, we said like, Hey, we think Andre Jackson would have more of an impact than Marjan and he still could. It's early. It's, you know, it's game war, but Marjan immediately to your point gets minutes, very productive minutes is just a menace defensively you know, takes it up on Embiid uh, for a layup in the second quarter. Like, is there, do you, I guess, uh, so to rephrase our Marjan question, what's more likely by January? Marjan is the, the fifth starter or Jay Crowder's the fifth starter? Hmm.
1: Probably Marjan, I, I would think, just, just because of, I guess, you you'd want him on that defensive assignment. Probably mm-hmm. I would more than Jay Crowder. Um, although Jay didn't look too bad tonight. I got, no. A, no. I got, a, um, he bought himself another, another couple of days. <laughs> my good graces uh, with, you know, he shot the ball well and didn't really look like shit at all. At, at any point, which was, which was, you know, a pleasant surprise. And, you know, maybe he's got a little more left in the tank than I thought, which is, which is good to see. But I think, if if you want, yeah, gun to my head, I, I would say Marjan just based on the fact that clearly Griffin has confidence in him, uh, yeah, to put him in, you know, first game of the year against a a good team. I don't know if it's fair to call the Sixers a top content. Well, I mean, they're they're in the next tier down. Yeah, they're probably yeah, probably sure. the third or fourth best team in the East. Um, you know, and and maybe they're. Maybe they're better without Harden. I'm sure that'll be that'll be a block
0: tomorrow. On, oh, on oh, tape. you know what? You know what? A block's gonna be is is, is Yana is Dame the Batman of this team. That's yeah. you know that's coming. That is gonna come. I'm gonna be so mad about it. And <laughs> probably you know not it's first coming. game,
1: but it, it's it's coming soon. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean
0: that's
1: that's a fair that's a fair
0: probably thought. You you can sure. bank you can bank that, but yeah, I mean, no, I I look I I, I would love to see in like a game against the, <sighs> the Wizards are a bad example because they looked really bad week game one. Uh let's just say like the Hornets. Um, like I would love to see Griffin do like a kind of a Craig Council where you put Marjan in in the like last five minutes of the game against like kind of a bad team. And it's close for some reason. Like, you're just kind of fucking around, not playing well. And, like, just see what happens. Like, you, I feel like you got to put those guys out in those situations just so you know. Like, and if he sucks, he shits the bed, he's terrible, and you got to pull him. Like, okay, now you know Marjan is a contributor, but he's not a closing guy. And I'll be very interested to see kind of the progression of Marjan. That's to me, like, one of the biggest things. From this game. I think another one is just Chris Middleton. And you only, you only play 16 minutes. He didn't play the entire second half. Um, we obviously taped right after. I could probably browse the X platform. And see what Griffin's comments were. Post game about Middleton. I know he said pre-game. We wanted to be smart with him. But it's like well. If you're going to be smart with him. Why didn't you like space those out. Why don't we get eight minutes in the first half. Why don't we get eight minutes in the second half. Um, but. Regardless, um, you know, I, I, I guess with Middleton, like, are you concerned? Like, where are you at with Chris Middleton? And you've, you're a little more on the hesitant Chris Middleton side than than I am in, in terms of the the podcast duo here. Well, I mean, I, I
1: guess I was kind of
0: wondering what they. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thing. that play played the
1: fourth
0: I, I think he played a little in the
1: second half. Can he start the second half tonight? I don't know. He, Maybe he did
0: not Yeah, I think he actually you're right. He might have started the second half. And then but he did he just, not he did not play
1: more he did than not play in the fourth f- quarter.
0: Yeah, he did not play in the fourth quarter. Like I said on the uh betting show yesterday, I was like, oh, I really like like Chris Middleton's over of twelve points. I'm like, oh, that seems very low. And he had six points overall, but it was only sixteen and, minutes. Yeah, I mean if he played.
1: 32 then he probably does get 12 Uh, right but yeah i mean he ended up not really missing him i mean you know right be a different story if we were lost by a point but um you know you know i i am not sure what is exactly health-wise wrong with him other than just oh he had some you know an operation in the offseason and we want to bring him back it is only the first game i'm Mm. not really all that concerned um i do think they're Deep enough that it's if it's just him that's on the minutes restriction, then you know that's fine. Just just be smart about it. You you know you need him need him in uh, in March and April and beyond more than you need him right mm-hmm. now. Um, so so I'm okay. I'm just kind of, I'm looking at the minutes. I mean, 37 for Lillard and opening night is you know I you know I'm I'm not sure how Bud would have done the rotations any differently. I mean. Griffin pulled Giannis out pretty early in the first quarter. I think it was like not even six minutes in. Right. It might've been, might been at like the 7-12 mark or something of the first quarter. So Took him out and then they kind of staggered those guys a lot in the first half, um, which was, I suppose, is fine. I mean, it's what you want to do. Um, the only real bad lineup I think Griffin had was, I think it was at the end of the third quarter. They had,
0: was it? I think it was all five bench guys. Yeah, that was the campaign. The campaign minutes were rough. Like yeah, everyone yeah. kind of warned us about campaign. they are like, uh, oh, I don't know, campaign, and we're like, yeah, oh, fine. Like a couple of preseason things. I was like, oh my god, like the two campaign threes were terrible. I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Well, the the one was a two for one. So yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, but it was it was an absolute brick. Um yeah. which you know you never want to see. Um yeah, he's the thing about campaign is when did he have his best games? When Phoenix was getting fucking destroyed in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Oh and yeah. It
0: became, <laughs> then it was then it was cam time. Then it was camp that was cam time, not Dave time. Cam time. Ah uh, exactly. I, he looks I, he looks
1: good when they're down by forty. Um you could do worse at a backup point guard. I mean right? I would rather I'd rather have well Yeah, harder they have campaigned than than Javon, but
0: yeah. So this is how fucked up our society is. So I went to go check out some Cam. I went to go check out some Chris Middleton, like opinions. Like, is there any quotes? Anything else going on? And everybody's just bitching about, hey, I need my prize picks refunded because Chris Middleton did not play enough. Like, I need my prize picks refunded. Like, hey, listen, you make a bet. If you don't win, if you if something goes wrong with your bet, that's that's part of betting. You don't just get free plays. Like that's not how it fucking works. Like, understand it one time for me. Sorry. I hate that shit. I hate it. Just a bunch of pussies, Mitch. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't I don't have anything on Chris Middleton. I will say Andy Bailey already getting ahead of it. He writes for Bleach report. Is there a world where he moved from this season thinking Damon Lillard is the best? Bucks player, it's already started. Yeah. that's it. We're isn't, game isn't, one. He, he's the he's the big Giannis hater, isn't he? He's a Utah guy. Yeah, he's a loser. Yeah. He. Well. Nah, I mean, look, it's it's fine. It it's it's all good. You know, I I I understand. It's it happens. It's game one. Uh, any other any other thoughts? Anything we missed? Stan Van we... game, one, game one was tough.
1: Yeah, he is what he is. Uh, I don't know who it was. Somebody on Twitter said, uh, and forgive me, that Stan Van being on TV and not Jeff Van
0: Gundy is like the Nasus being first team all NBA. <laughs> that, that's almost as good as uh, I think it was Jonathan Gunther or Gunther was like Doris Burke is the biggest homer not working for the ringer, um, which was <laughs> very enjoyable,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, challenges. They have an extra challenge. It's just what we need. Yeah, um, slow down
0: the game even more. Baseball's uh, like, hey, we approached.
1: We, approach, just... uh, we I'd say we 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 had like a almost not quite three hour game. Probably about two forty five yep. with right? uh six thirty five tip off. It got down about nine twenty. Yep. So um, you know, yeah, just what we need uh, is more, more challenges, and that game was 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 pretty brutal. Just overall, it was, it was a slog. It was a, it was a, it was a, a lot of free throw merchants in that game, shall we say? Uh, you know, Dame can get to the line with the best of them, and when he's, when he's on your team, it's cool. Then you have Embiid <laughs> falling all over the place. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, you, you know Tyrese Maxi, I, I like Maxi a lot actually. He's probably, probably one of my favorite non-Bucks. I think he's a good kid. Doesn't really flop too much. Extremely fast, good shooter. I mean, you know, just get Harden out of there and let let him let him take over the backcourt, and how, and they'll be fine.
0: How about Nick Nurse playing Tyrese Maxey forty minutes in game number one of the season? Yeah, I saw someone. I think
1: it was I think it was uh, Brian Sampson, Bucks Filmer on Twitter, point that out that he was going to play forty minutes, and I thought, yeah, that's a lot, but he's also twenty two. I mean, right. it's
0: yeah, at, at at some point it's okay, right? Tobes with 37 and with was 36 Embiid's not in shape at all. Like he is in, he's in Cancun shape. Like Embiid is still getting back. Like he is tubby and it just, you know, he's on that, uh, George Yang diet. Um, and it's, yeah. you know, it's tough. It's a, we've all been there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, now I'll be interested too to like see this team on Sunday night against Atlanta when Atlanta, It'll be all right this year. Um, but like, it's not the Sixers, right? They don't have Embiid. They have a small guard set up. So it really kind of fits in with Beasley and Dame. And i very just curious to see like how, how it looks against, you know, somebody else basically. And it's just, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see.
1: Yeah. And Charlotte beat Atlanta in the first, yeah. in their first game. So, uh, I'm looking at that box score real quick. Yeah, uh, Trey Young 4 for 19.
0: Oh, it's 14 right. and 15 from the line.
1: So, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Another another foul merchant.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Atlanta's uh, yeah, it should be I would expect to I mean, win in that one, but
0: Oh, yeah. They were 5 yeah, of 20. They were 5 of 29 from 3. Holy shit. That is bad. That is not good. Um, yeah, let's see. Oh, Jalen Johnson, Nikolai Native, 21 and 7 off the bench. It's pretty good. Yeah, he he was the Kelly Oubre of that game. Yeah, they're also. I mean, Atlanta posted a picture of a dunking on Giannis, so don't think Giannis saw that, and probably will <laughs> try to dunk on Okonwu. Yeah, uh, I I would ho- hope uh, we get a little bit of a
1: little bit of a bounce back performance from the Greek freak on Sunday. Yeah, um, comes out angry, and you know just take care of the ball and and work on uh being being that kind of secondary playmaker and mm-hmm. and he can dominate from it there's no doubt and oh yeah no it doesn't, question it doesn't about have it. To, I'm, not, I'm not saying he has to be you know Draymond green he can be he can be that and much much more um, yeah but it's going to take a few a few weeks a few games yeah. for sure and oh yeah no doubt. Be fine.
0: no doubt. absolutely and it was a good night one i enjoyed it um and uh now we move on
1: to the yeah, I, did, I, did not, I,
0: I did not I did not need to be standing in the season opener, but I, I did um, wonder. So I almost texted for those who don't know, if you're new to the program, Mitch Mitch will tend to stand for bucks games, what under five minutes usually is kind of your rules egg'll start standing if it's close. Yeah, something something
1: like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I, I also will stand during sporting events. Usually, I would say the events I stand the most for, in no real order, well, actually, let's order it. It's the Bucks, Marquette, and then probably the Packers. And then maybe, I don't really stand for the Brewers. Uh, Yeah, so that would probably be the order. It's like Marquette, or it's the the Bucks, Marquette, the Packers, are really the three. And, yeah, like, you just feel like you're a coach out there. You're, like, trying to coach your guys to, like, get something done but yeah game one standing is is uh it's not never never good yeah yeah it's it's uh it's
1: a long season i don't yeah. i don't need uh but it's really i'm it's really only like kind of the tnt games national tv games the games against
0: better opponents where so, you know you stand up for those so you're saying if we're close with atlanta on sunday you're you're not gonna stand no i probably would but um Hopefully it doesn't get to that point. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, we'll certainly recap it uh, when we do tapping the Cake daily on on Mo- on Monday. We'll also talk about what happens with the Green Bay Packers, who faced the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, a rivalry renewed, if you will. Uh, the Packers and Vikings are both around the same record: Vikings three and four, Packers two and four, and it's. It's kind of scary hours for the Packers right now, Mitch. Like, it's it's a very interesting time. It's a weird time. It feels like I, I don't think anyone knows really the direction the Packers are going in. They just kind of feel like a car that's just swerving around. Not even drunk. Like, it's just kind of swerving. It's like, hey, maybe we'll go in this lane. Maybe we won't. And this youth movement that Brian Gunaku enacted, whether it was because of the dead cap, whether it was because of him to prove a point about all of his draft picks, uh, it's not looking good. And we've already had Tom Silverstein, esteemed uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reporter, not a huge Silverstein guy, but I will respect that he's been doing it for a long time. Say that you know needs to start making some moves to uh, to you know fix this. And I, I'm just wondering, you know, is this a bust? Is this, or is it too early for us to be like, all right, yeah, this youth movement, it didn't work. We, you know, but we we need to give it time. Where where do you kind of land on the spectrum of it's a bust versus like you got to give it time and you got to relax?
1: Tough. I mean, we're only not even halfway through the right? season. I know it's crazy, and, but the trade and... deadlines,
0: the trade deadlines, line month Thursday, Tuesday. So I think that's part of Silverstein's point, where it's like, well, the trade deadline's Tuesday, so like we need to we need to see some action. But if anything, if anyone knows anything about the Green Bay Packers, is they're going to be in on a Hunter Renfro deal, but they're not going to trade for Hunter Renfro. Just use him as an example.
1: Yeah, and is is Hunter Renfro fixing the offensive line? Uh, no, fixing all the injuries. No, you know, two more, two more guys go to IR this week right Um, it's uh you're right it's an interesting time I mean it's it it is probably too early to call it to call it a bust um but you know I mean Goody and Lafleur are you know they're kind of their balls are on the table a little bit this year and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a it's a big year for both of them and you know I, I wouldn't go as far to say hot seat but you know they've they've sort of tied their legacies, you know, to Jordan Love. And so far it hasn't, hasn't been real good. And I I don't know how much you can blame Jordan Love. It, it, you know, the offense struggling has, has provided Joe Barry a little bit of leash, I think. Oh yeah. Because I, I don't know if the defense is the problem the last few games it's just that it seems like every game is, is, is a rerun of itself. I mean, right. it's, they're down, they can't score in the first half and they're down, uh, you know, the Lions game was, was an extreme example. They were down 27, nothing at half, I think mm-hmm. in that game. Right. And it was, you know, but they look much better in the second half, but by then it's, it's too little too late. I mean, they're not getting destroyed in a lot of these games, but it's mm-hmm. just can't really be losing to Denver. Um, no,
0: I mean, you're going to look back. At the it's like the it's a baseball example again swept by the A's and the Rockies. Now granted it didn't come back to bite the Brewers at the end. They won the division pretty easily. But like you'll look back at that and the Packers are fighting for a playoff spot. It's like if we just beat one of those teams. If we just beat the Raiders or we just beat the Broncos, we're probably in the playoffs right now. But instead we need X, Y, and Z to happen because we're we're fighting for our lives here and that's i mean that's part of it and it it's so frustrating and you're right about the rerun it kind of reminds me it's a very weird example but work with me here uh, i i like to run to like bravo or like bar rescue is usually like what i watch when i when i run at the gym because i just feel like it's just very mindless television when you're on the treadmill and you just you just kind of zone out and you're just that's what you're watching and nothing is worse than watching something where you're like, oh, I've seen that. Especially Bar Rescue. It's like, oh, I've seen that one before. I know exactly what's going to happen. I know this. And that's what that's what it's like watching the barriers. It's like, oh, here we go again. It's the exact, to your point. It's like the exact same fucking thing every week. And I I think like the thing I wonder about the youth movement, I would agree with you that I'm not entirely at like, hey, it's a bust. But what I, I wonder is like, is Matt LaFleur the type of coach that can lead a youth movement? Like, is Matt LaFleur built for this? I think Matt LaFleur is a fine coach. I have no problem with Matt LaFleur. I just wonder, like, is this the type of roster that really works for Matt LaFleur and works for what Matt LaFleur wants to do? And that part I have major worries slash concerns about. And, like, how aligned were him and Brian on, like, exactly what they were going to do? And it, it, it kind of, and I'll, I'll let you get in here in a second, it, it makes me a li- think a little bit about like the tight Tennessee Titans, right, Who are kind of seems like they're going to start selling off some pieces here at the deadline. And it's like they fired their GM after like a half a year after he traded AJ Brown. And then they just had all these like they had a lot of veterans, but then they have some rookies and. And now like Dan Rossini was on Rosillo's podcast, like, oh, they need draft capital. And it's like, okay, well, like did they just completely fuck up like how the next generation of Tennessee Titans football was going to look? And I don't, I'm not there yet with the Packers, but I'm, I'm starting to like worry that that's kind of where they're, where we're trending. Yeah. Well, the Packers just have, you
1: know, it's interesting. I, I, you would like to think that Lafleur and Gutikunst in 2020 were on the same page with drafting Jordan Love.
0: Yeah, and by all accounts, um, just to cut in, they were. By all accounts, they were like, even though, like, there were some people, or I think even Rogers was like, "Oh, that was Lafleur told me it was like that was yeah, that was a joint decision." Go ahead. Yeah, and to,
1: and that, that just because they drafted Love doesn't mean, you know, I know the media likes to you know turn everything into. A controversy and and you know it it probably was the smart move in the long run unfortunately you know you would like to have seen them maybe get somebody who could who could uh, impact the team a little bit more immediately mm-hmm. uh, back then but that's not the way it is but yeah I mean the Packers just have you know hardly any veterans at all and right. that's that's clearly been been a problem and you know, Bakhtiari not being there and that whole situation, I think kind of has, I think, I think it's affected the team. I mean, oh, totally, on and off. I mean, it's, they can't block anybody in a lot of these games and, and, you know, a lot of teams only keep nine linemen and that's, that's hurt their depth and Rashid Walker. I mean, I
0: don't know. No, Rashid Walker isn't good. I, I, uh... I just I can't believe the arrogance that they have with this offensive line. Like Adam said today was like Josh. Josh Myers is playing the best football of his life. Like, what the fuck are we watching? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I understand you might know more than me, but are you fucking out of your mind? Like, I, I just it's like the goal of these guys. It just I don't know. I like maybe they see something completely different than we do. Yeah, I don't know, and and maybe it's
1: maybe it's the fact there's no true owner and stuff and stuff like yeah. that. I don't you know. know. There's there there isn't much pressure. Um, I mean, there is and there isn't. You know, they, they kind of you know the fans maybe do have more of a say. That, what the hell is that dude wearing in the Laker game?
0: Oh, I'm uh, watching.
1: I'm watching Bills. Bills Bucks. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I mean, I, yeah. Maybe the fact that there's no true owner that's always been. Yeah. In the back of Packer fans' minds. I know we all love the fact they don't have an owner. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Right. It's la de da Until, you know,
0: things aren't going very good, <laughs> and then you can then you can claim that. Well well, not, not to bring it back to the Bucks, but it's like the Bucks get rid of Mark Lazary. They get Jimmy Haslam in there. Jimmy Haslam all of a sudden starts spending money and Brooke Lopez is back, Chris Mills is back, and we get Tim Litt. And it's like, you know, that's yeah, that's it's like then, Just you
1: have shows the, the, you, yeah, the Brewers ownership situation, which we'll get into. Oh like yeah, in yeah, yeah, we'll get here. to it here but a second. Yeah, it's it, it really is. It's it's quite a world that we live in these days with the Milwaukee Bucks being, yeah, kind of the cream of the crop. Oh um, yeah, no, undisputed. I mean, they, in yeah, terms, at, at the very least, at the at the way they run their organization. That's not to say the Packers aren't no. still a top top flight group. But um... I
0: mean, if you're new here and you hadn't listened to our podcast, I think it was two weeks ago about you know the Bucks taking the belt from the Packers. I mean, I think it even rings more hollow today than it did two weeks ago. Uh, and I I think you know if the Packers have a state have that repeat like they do they do a repeat performance uh, against the Vikings, who everybody hates, who nobody likes it is going to be, there's going to be people wanting blood because the Vikings are the Vikings. Like it's East Dakota. Like the Vite, I I've argued in the past that the Viking Packer rivalry is more intense than them Packers bears because it's just been a closer rivalry. They've been, they've fought for divisions so often that I, I think it's a bigger rivalry. And and so if you get your ass kicked, they blitz a lot, and that's been that was a problem for Jordan Love. And it's like if you're not prepared for those that fucking blitz, man, like you gotta, like that's gonna be just so so fucking bad. And well, I, and we're kind of at the point where
1: this is a little bit of a kitchen sink game. For the oh, 100 percent. Um,
0: yeah, it's the most. It,
1: it, you know, I, I jokingly called the Bears game kind of both team Super Bowls so week one. But you know, the Vikings are playing better. So I do think, you know, they've won two straight. And I do think this is a bit of a you know, this is this is a bigger game than they've had the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um and you know, you know, they're two and four. If they beat the Vikings, that's pretty big. I mean, yeah, Lions just got destroyed last week. I mean, it's still it's still, you know, there's still time to turn it around.
0: Well, then and... that's, and that's the dumb thing. And that's what I thought about that today. Cause as I was like, whenever you and I pod, I always like think about what I'm going to talk about a little bit. And I, and I'm like, yeah, that's the dumb fucking thing about this. Even if they lose, and I'll be obviously catatonic if they lose to <laughs> the Vikings. But okay, beat the Rams next week. You're three and five. Maybe you beat the Steelers or you beat the Chargers even if you're 4 and 6 heading into that Lions game it's probably done but if you do win this game and then you beat the Rams all of a sudden you're 4 and 4 and you're 4 and through 4 through 8 games or 9 games excuse me i think all of us would take that i think all of us would look at that and be like yeah that's good and i and you look at the the thing that like is staring me in the face about this game and why i i think the packers win this game is from all the numbers, it is just an absolute motherfucker to play the San Francisco 49ers and then have to play it next week. All the numbers say it. It's just like they just eat the living fuck out of you. Not only are you playing the Niners after a week, but you're playing it on a short week. And you're coming off this great win. And now you got to think about the Packers. And I, I just I, – I hope – that the Packers were able to take advantage of that. And guess what? To, like, round it out, like, you take advantage of that in the first half when they're just kind of lollygagging around. So will you actually do that is, is the real question.
1: I mean, that is. And, that's again, that's been their, been their bugaboo really right? the last two years is, yep. is these freaking slow starts. And they're going to have to find a way to, I mean, maybe incorporate Aaron Jones a little more and and God forbid in the first half and you know, can they can they score on their first drive? let's let's start right. there. Yeah, maybe exactly. a touchdown exactly. you know, um, take the yeah. ball and, and go.
0: Yeah absolutely. well, let's uh let's move on to uh to Craig Council, uh, speaking of ownership. Craig Council is in meetings with the New York Mets. Uh, it's rumored that the Cleveland Guardians, also have interest in Craig council as well. Uh, And I wouldn't be surprised. It has not been said, but I would not be surprised the Houston Astros get themselves into that conversation as well. Uh, They are just starting, you know, their coaching search because they dusty Baker retired. And now they're, they're looking for a new manager. I, uh, I, it's a very interesting situation that all that's in there and, You know, I I don't necessarily know the end game, but it seems like the tea leaves would say that a team's going to put out an offer and will the Brewers match. And we don't usually hear manager salaries. That's not something that baseball, really any sport, you never really know the coach's salary besides college football. Like, you know, Jimbo Fisher's making like $90 million. But you don't necessarily know it in any other sport. So as someone who is I, I would I would you qualify yourself as an anti-Mark A guy or like a kind of anti-Mark Mark A guy uh
1: it's getting hard I'll say that um okay. I, was, I was thinking about how I how excited I was to have you know when Mark A first came on board to kind of save the uh organization from the League family and you know have have a real owner and it was, it was very nice, but it's, it's getting harder. I mean, and I don't, I don't really, I don't want to fully blame Mark A for, you know, I think the payroll is, it is what it is. It, could it be a little better? Yeah. um, But I mean, the way they've sort of done it the last couple of years has been, has been frustrating, but anyway, yeah. What's your question? Sorry.
0: Oh, my question was, you know, what's your confidence that they'll write a blank check for Craig Council if, like, if they give you know the Mets Ooh. put an offer out there, will the will the Brewers match it? They've talked about it. They've made they've made no qualms about it that they want Craig there. Will they pony up the money to keep Craig Council in Milwaukee? Well, I feel like if there was one guy left. That Marque would do that for
1: it would be Craig Council. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's very important to the city, very important to the organization, and and I feel like he would, but I don't know. I mean, I think Council is getting like three and a half million or something. That was his last contract. Per yeah. year. and you know, you're probably talking about doubling that. Yeah, um, maybe more, because Craig's done. A fabulous job with with the brewers i mean he's been playoff stuff is 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 another discussion but there's no question that during the season regular season he's gotten a lot out of these teams and and you know i'm sure he's very tempted to go to a place that has an unlimited checkbook and but then that's a ton of pressure He's probably I don't not think... getting. He's he's not getting a better situation in Cleveland. I'll tell you that.
0: No, no, their owners are actually probably worse, which is weird. now they have
1: they have Jose Ramirez, who is light years better than anyone else the
0: Brewers have. But I mean, yep. After that, it's 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 up for yeah. debate. I think. And they have a t- they have a talented young pitching staff. Tanner Beebe. uh, oh, what's the kid name? The Williams Gavin is it Gavin. I think it's Gavin. Williams. Gavin Gavin yeah. Williams
1: Shane Shane Bieber.
0: Yeah, Bieber has ah, Bieber. The Bieber's still there. He has. I think he has one year left on his deal. Bieber would be a nice, yeah. nice Brewer acquisition, actually. Uh, well, they'll probably trade him because that's right. what they do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and like, yeah, I like I. I think that if they don't like if they let Council walk, and they let him go to the Mets or the Astros for that matter, like the Astros, like I was thinking about this when Dusty's like, "Hey, I'm retiring." I was like. Dude, I would so rather play – I'd rather be the Astros manager than the Mets manager because the infrastructure is there. The owner's a little bit of a wackadoodle, but so is the Mets owner. And they – but they have a lot of guys who, like, Mm -hmm. they're professionals. They understand it. I think the New York media would hate Craig Council. I think they would absolutely despise how Craig Council's, you know, Manages baseball. And I think, you know, the Frank, the takes, the KFCs, the Clems of the world would would just despise what council does by Memorial Day. And it would drive me nuts. And I think also, too, and why Mark is might do this and might open up the checkbook for it is I think Mark knows that. The the people that are riding with Mark Ananasio or the people that are maybe more pro-Anonacio, and I would say that's probably a 35-65 split at this point. If you lose counsel because of money, I don't know if that 35 is there. And you've yeah, basically lost – you've, you've lost Trambas. You've lost Trambase. And then if you double down, you're like, oh, we're going to hire Pat Murphy. Ken Maka, but Irish. Um, yeah. You know, that's – like I, I, yeah, it, I, 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 co- I can't see Pat Murphy sticking around – no, I th- actually I think they hire Carlos Villanueva. That's actually who I think they hire. Carlos Villanueva is doing the exact same thing council used to do. And he's working for the the general manager and Villanueva, you know, is a guy who's been in the big leagues, knows what it's about. Um is that classic, you know, kind of just everyday guy, like not a star, and the the kind of guys who end up being managers, right? The Jeff Bannisters, the Gabe Kaplers of the world. I also speaking of Gabe Kapler, I saw Don Melendez was like, "Oh, I'd hire Gabe Kapler." If Council leaves like, "No, fuck no, absolutely no." That guy's a weirdo. Like, we don't need Gabe Kapler. Like, he's like, look, I I, I could have said something there, and I I held back, and I'm proud of myself because I've had a few beers, and I'm not gonna say it. But you know, he he has a relationship. Say, I'm shocked you don't want the Gabe Kapler. Nah, I, uh, mean, I don't really not, want him
1: either. I mean, he's 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 be a third team, and he's flamed out.
0: Yeah, um, pretty quickly. Yeah, and he, yeah, you know, he's he's poked around enough Milwaukee journalists in his day that we don't need, need him poking around anymore. We'll just leave it there. Um, and uh, you know, it's like, uh, so, anyways, yeah, it's I I think there's no better option than Craig Council. If Craig Council wants to manage, get him the fuck back and make sure it happens. And I would say. My confidence is right now is at like a six. Like I I can't I can't fully trust it because I've just seen it happen before with other things. And I just think it would be such a disrespect, especially with like all the stuff going on with the stadium too. Like this would be a great way to just say, all right, we're gonna keep this thing rolling. And so I guess let me ask you this. So if they keep counseling, but they kind of take a step back next year. I don't know if that means trading Burns, whatever. Do you think fans are okay with that? Or do you think that if, like, I could give you not Craig Council, name your manager, and the Brewers end up, you know, spending a little more money, keeping all their guys, and they're still kind of in the mix versus Craig Council and maybe not as many guys, Maybe similar payroll, but it's probably looking like an eighty to eighty-five win team. What do you think? More fans would go for. So if
1: if it, it, it's either council or like a better team, basically yeah. is what what it, yeah. what it boils down yeah, to. Yeah, just yeah, just the
0: dumb Charlie hypothetical that I like to uh, do. I mean, you
1: probably would rather have the better team, right? Uh, I think I think first and foremost, as opposed to um, council with running it back yeah i mean i don't know maybe it is maybe it is worth it to to move on and and see what happens but i don't know i feel like then then you just become the rays right where oh yeah the rays Rays are probably a a better organization they've 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 gotten they're they're, they've been better than the brewers over the last 10 years 15 years yeah Um, but there's something where you know it's obviously what's missing is the resources and, and, you know, letting counsel go, you know, that whole, the whole situation has been weird. And now it's gotten even weirder this week. And, um, you know, why, why he wouldn't be under contract and, you know, it, then you end up, what are you going to have? Is Kevin Cash a good manager? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, I mean, and, it's a good,
1: it's... Joe Madden went out the door from the Rays and he was, you, I, I, wouldn't really put counsel quite in that category, but um, a manager. But they let him go on to, uh, to a, the Cubs.
0: I didn't think I didn't think about that that angle. You're right. That's that that would be the comparison, right? It would be Joe Madden left, going to the Cubs. You're left yeah. with a you you
1: hire from within, and you know you're still a pretty good organization, but there's just
0: something something missing. missing. Yeah, yeah. So, no, no question about it. Like I. I think the i I just think the conveying theory is like i think that the not giving him a contract i think it was understood between council and management that council's like i just want to see what's out there i want to get my dick teased like it is nice to get attention right like how good does it feel to just it's not even like girls like it could be like normal dudes like anybody just giving you attention, you're like, holy shit. Like, this is nice. Like This feels good. People care about me. And council hearing all these people who want him, and he's like, well, I have this contract, I have this contract. Like, what if San Diego just comes out of nowhere and it's like, we want, we want you and we're going to, like, pay you $10 million. I don't know. Like, yeah. is council really worth $10 million? Like, And I, first of all, I would tell counsel like, "Hey, look, AJ Preller's ran through seven manager. This is his seventh manager hire in nine years. Like, at some point, you got to look in the mirror here." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, I could I could
1: maybe see San Diego more than New York. Well, that's
0: that's the thing. Like San Diego or Houston makes so much more sense than than New York,
1: right? So it's a warm, you know, San Diego obviously is a perfect climate. You can kind of do the next chapter of your life, if you're council and, you know, and sort of retire out there if you want and, you know, manage for another 10 years or something. Who knows? He's not that old. Right. Um, and sort of, you know, right off in the sunset and in, in that weather <laughs> um, versus like New York and you're asking by the media all day. Managing a team with a six hundred million dollar payroll because they'll probably get Otani or some shit. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. And- they yeah, I guess they're in the mix with Otani was the uh the rumor that was uh being spread uh throughout the uh the annals the other day. Unless the Phillies really get crazy and go after Otani. The Phillies, I mean that did that, that that would be absolutely nuts. But uh we'll we'll have to see. All right. We're we're well past the uh the hour. I know you got to bounce here recently. Do you give do you give the Badgers any shot to beat Ohio State uh, Saturday night in Madison? I'd give them a sliver, a sliver. Okay, you're usually well, I mean, pessimistic. I, 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 yeah, I just
1: I wasn't that impressed with Ohio State against Penn State. I mean, yeah. Granted, Penn State's a more formidable opponent, but it's in the horseshoe, and what that what was it, twenty to twelve? Maybe you know, they, well but Penn State they did kind of. They score. did kind of right. Penn State got a late score. Ohio State pulled away a little bit. The score was, you know, but that was a that was a Big Ten game, and you know, it's not the Ohio State. You're not your brother's Ohio State. I mean, oh no, oh I no. Know. I feel like it is possible. However, the Badgers are not exactly rolling either. I mean, they. Hmm. It's 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 reminding me a little bit of the Gary Anderson you know Ooh. so far oh wow but well it's just in the, in terms of like they're trying to play a different system with with the wrong players right now and that's fine i uh, i do think fickle will have much more time than gary anderson was given and uh but it's it's kind of like that where it's just every game's ugly
0: i agree so, i mean I, I think your the sliver is probably the right take. I think there is a scenario you develop where all of a sudden everybody starts tweeting about Wisconsin and, and Ohio State because it's 10-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter. And, it, you know, Wisconsin's controlling the ball. They're forcing a couple turnovers. I'm worried a little bit about the fact that we haven't seen it really since that Washington State game. But remember how many explosive plays Washington State had against Ohio State or against Wisconsin. I just worry: are they going to just say "fuck it," let's throw it deep to Marvin Harrison, and that's just basically Ohio State's offense on Saturday night. It, I I feel like that very well could be it.
1: Yeah, we're just ultimately
0: the talent wins out. Yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the biggest fear. I mean, uh, Hallman... Holland's been good as a they've they got an established corner. And I feel like that was something the Badgers didn't necessarily have. And like Hunter Waller's a dog at safety. I think like I think there are a lot of pack fans that would probably take Hunter Waller at safety right now. Uh, but he's not I wouldn't exactly classify Hunter Waller as a cover cover safety. He's more of that like hard hitting, up in the box type guy. And I don't know if that that works against Harrison. I know that this isn't to your point. Your older brother's Ohio State, but they still have Maserati Marv, who is just a beast, and Cade uh, Stover, their tight end, who's very talented. I mean, he's a really he's a really good player. You know, in the middle there. Yeah, Hunter Wooler's
1: your, your Muskego native, so oh yeah, no, he he's... must be a he must be a true junior because I feel like it wasn't that long ago he
0: was was in high school. Oh, yeah. I mean, he got recruited by Notre Dame. He got recruited by Ohio State. Like, him staying home was a, a very big win for Paul Chris. Like, the, and that's the other thing about, you talk about like the, like trying to bring a new team together. Like, that's kind of the dirty secret. And I think like the Madison Me- media mafia has done a pretty good job of disclosing this. But like Leonard and Chris were complete assholes in terms of recruiting, they just did not do it. And they didn't really do a good job with it, and they didn't really get guys in. They just kind of just got guys who were quote unquote Badgers, and they just checked boxes. And they didn't actually like look outside their circle and be like, "All right, maybe you know, maybe this kid from Florida, maybe this kid from Texas wants to play here." And yeah, it's it's just interesting how it all goes. But yeah, it's a big situation for Braden Locke. I think the I think if Braden Locke you know, early on get has a good script and. Is able to get down the field, not even for a touchdown. He even gets a field goal. And it's like, all right, you kind of get settled in there. Maybe the Badgers have a shot. We'll see. I mean, it'd make for a fun, fun Saturday night. It's it's an interesting bar night for a Saturday night because it's Halloween weekend. So everyone's in costumes. Nobody really gives a shit about what's on the TV. Everybody just is trying to get their fit off and try to hit on the slutty pirate or the slutty pumpkin and trying to get it in versus watching football.
1: Yeah, I I see that as an the NBC game. So oh, yeah,
0: Jace Collinsworth um, on the call with Jason Garrett, like just an electric crew. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I mean, talk about just nepotism to its finest. We're letting Jace, yeah. J, we're letting fucking Jace Collinsworth do Jack do prime Jack Collinsworth. Is it Jack? Whatever. J A C. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he doesn't warrant me actually knowing his name. Like that's that's how bad that guy is. I mean, it's just bad. It's just pathetic. Doesn't actually doesn't Noah Eagle do that? Oh, you're right. Actually, it is Noah Eagle, but more nepotism. It's Noah Eagle and Todd right. Blackledge, but Noah Eagle's at least competent. Yeah, he's he's he's
1: not bad. Um, and he's only like 23 or 24. So I know it's, it's disgusting. Nice.
0: It's disgusting. It's so I hate I hate those kid broadcasters so much because it's stuff that I wanted to do when I was a kid, and I was like, I want to be a broadcaster. And I would yeah. not have been a good broadcast. Like, it would not have been for me. Could I carry a yeah, broadcast? He cast? is pretty
1: good. He is pretty good, but he sounds a lot like his dad. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard for him to not like use his dad, dad's lines and stuff like that. Because right, Iron I Eagle is. You know, it's funny how like Iron and Eagle and Kevin Harlan are probably like my two favorite play-by-play guys, and they're they're not the A team for anybody really. Except for Harlan on NBA, but even even Iron Eagle is like the third no. guy third or fourth guy on TNT,
0: which Right, is a shame. Yeah, I mean they all yeah, they're they're kinda in that in that sort of mid tier mix. And I think though Iron Eagle is gonna be the head college basketball guy. I think it's after next this year. I think this is Nance's last year calling college basketball. And then it's going to be Iron Eagle last after year? that, or was it last year? Is this Iron Eagles? Yeah, you're right. It is that is you're right. So Iron Eagle does get the is the head college basketball guy now for CBS. So okay. Iron Eagle now now at the top. There you go. And, and then you're gonna have No Eagle calling calling uh, calling college games too. All right, Mitch. Yeah, he'll, any, be, he'll he'll be in there at some point.
1: Anything else before we uh any, before we wrap up I uh, just
0: uh stay safe this weekend and yeah and, uh, absolutely enjoy yourselves yeah don't be an idiot uh garden home show on on uh Monday what was the review did we do well oh uh, was good I mean it was good good to get back into yeah, the uh, first show in
1: three months so um that yeah, was fine I mean Monday night so crowd was a little a little light but yeah you know
0: like yeah, I said, we, good
1: to be back and, and get the uh, get the cobwebs off. Yeah, we're I was gonna we're, we're more we're doing more uh, we did some recording over the weekend and uh, just some just getting drums for Here we go for uh, for an LP, which is a full right. length for the for the layperson. And you, uh,
0: you bet awesome. that'll be that'll be coming probably early next year. So that's that's great. We well, we can't wait. And uh, I was gonna talk to you about it early in the pod, but you de- you dove right in. Bucks talk. And uh, also, happy birthday to our guy Shakan today. Uh, go see my brothers tonight if you're out. Like that's that's yeah. the gift you can give to him. Go go to Brothers. I realize the line will be long. Just get there early. That's all. You, that's that's that is the cheat code for all those bars. Just get there early if you want to go to those bars. That's fine. I'm not gonna judge you. Just go early. Like people who complain about lines, it's like no fucking shit. They have a line. It's the Harp. It's the Trinity. It's Brothers. It's show cats. Like if you get there early, you don't have to deal with line. It's it's very simple science, but you know that's just that's the world we live in when you don't want to wait lines, which I get. I'm I'm too old for lines. I think all of us are too old for lines. That's a that's a little PSA to end, to end the show. Yes, sir. Bet. All right. Take care, guys. We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk Packers, Vikings, Bucks, Hawks. Uh, uh, Badgers, Ohio State and anything else that comes across the wire over the weekend. So we'll uh, see you guys and uh, have yourself a good weekend. Peace.